You're listening to Pros Like Us, brought to you by NFL Draft Blitz. And now, without any further ado, here's Alex and Lou. That's right, gang. We are back and better than last time, we hope. We are, as we record, six days from the first pick being announced Thursday night in Kansas City. There's so many great things about the draft, and you know, Alex and I have been talking about it. There was a little hiatus there, but since like 2012, I go way back before that with it. Alex goes back with it and just kind of seeing this whole thing develop and what it's turned into. But without fail, the week before, there's always at least one player who's now being assassinated character wise for some reason or another. Smoke screens. And this year turns out to be cj stroud it is kind of kind of strange at this point alex that like after his play at ohio state his just the amazing performance in in that game against george in the semifinals you know what he did at his at the combine his pro day everything else and now this week a week before the draft all of a sudden all this stuff starts coming out and you just can't help but think there's just teams they're doing this and it's a smokescreen, but you got being that kid, that's just got to be horrible to start seeing this stuff pop up. But everybody goes through this, Lou. Every exactly. Year. Yes. Every Why? year, there's like one quarterback that gets thrown under the bus for one reason or another. There's some stories that are coming out, but you and I know that once it gets closer to the draft, it's it's those teams that maybe feel that they have a chance somehow. Maybe they're trying to get some of that information into the Houston Texans year. Uh, So maybe the Colts, the Raiders, you know, the Falcons, teams that might be interested to move up to that number three spot uh, with the Arizona Cardinals. I think that's what it's, you know, generating some commotion, some getting some stories out there and more people start to believe it the more they start to panic. What if we didn't do enough research on this kid? What if, you know, he is not what he, what we've seen from him at his pro day in the combine, and they start to get paranoid. Teams do get paranoid. These GMs, they have all this information in front of them. They've done all this homework on them. They've done all this off the field stuff you know they've talked to this kid they've done character background from his high school days you know and still low still there's still some uh, doubt that creeps in and you're like maybe we're not gonna take this kid maybe we're gonna pass on him and take a defensive player that's crazy i just want to say that i would be very shocked if the Texans don't take a quarterback at number two, because they have many options, okay? It doesn't have to be Stroud. It could be Richardson, because they believe in his upside. It could be Will Levis, you know, just because they probably believe that they can mold him possibly into this Josh Allen type of prospect. So assuming that Bryce Young goes number one, and I do believe that he will go number one, uh, you know, with them. With the Carolina Panthers. I just, the only thing that's holding him back is his size, but we've seen this before. Okay, the Cardinals took Kyler Murray at number one. That means there's, there comes a time when you take Bryce Young number one as well. And I think at number two, Houston Texans need to take a quarterback, but it might not be C.J. Stroud. Well, again, they they may or may not like him. And I could see from the team's perspective, you know, putting things out. But it wasn't like, you know, negative about particularly C.J. Stroud. But that's the way it's perceived is when you get your new head coach in front of the media talking about how, well, you know, we don't necessarily, you know, have to take a quarterback. And he's a defensive guy and he comes from San Francisco. And it's like, let's let's build our team kind of the way they did. I don't know that there's any, you know, uh, I, I don't know that, that there's a Nick Bosa in this draft or, you know, Miles Garrett or somebody that dominant. You know, I mean, obviously, Will Anderson is a really good player. I think, uh, you know, the, the 
I don't want to say meteoric rise. I think it's more just like maybe the media kind of catching up with the Tyree Wilsons of the world. Again, it's more, um, I guess, projection over production. But he did have a productive college career, albeit in the Big 12. But you do have to project a little bit. So and we saw it last year with Trayvon Walker versus Hutchinson and okay we'll we'll see that that jury's still out but after one season you'd have to say Hutchinson was you know the, the better player overall last year but i guess getting back to this point with Stroud it's just and again he just he's on that hot seat because he is perceived as the number 2 guy and i think most of these teams have him as the number 2 guy but all this noise kind of helps like you were saying these other teams that might have an outside shot to like talk him down and get that perception going that maybe he, he isn't the guy and maybe those teams that are up above them, you get them second guessing, but somehow uh, Brady Quinn has, has injected himself into this conversation because uh, he was the one talking about the uh, Manning passing camp uh, Academy snub supposedly the story was that stroud made a commitment to them and then didn't show up and then you've got all these other people coming out saying well no he never really committed he was working out with his own guy and and it's all just this crazy stuff happening but houston was the one that i think it started out there and again to their credit they should do this hey there's a you know you want the number two pick come and get it we're not just a quarterback away, right? I mean, maybe they can get a ton of other picks, and then if they need to, package two and twelve to go back up and get a you know a different quarterback, depending on who falls. Uh, so a lot of different ways this can go, but but it just seems, and again, all the, all of a sudden, all this information starts leaking out, and some and one of the ones that I guess this is more empirical, but you know, it should be private among the teams. So it was for years was the Wonderlick test. And geez, you know, we don't want these scores getting out. It's just it's just it's private information. So of course they they start getting out and they've been getting out for years. So they've come up with this other test, a little bit more intuitive so far. It's called the S2 test. And just for uh, I don't know, comparison, perspective, whatever, I guess Burrow scored like 97 in the 97th percentile. Bryce Young scored in the 98th percentile. Jake Hayner scored in the 96th percentile. Will Levis, 93. And there's others that kind of go down. And I think um, uh, who I think it was Richardson, like 40-something. But supposedly, again, allegedly, I don't know, this is information that comes out. And, and our listeners, you've seen that probably by the time you hear this, you've seen this on the Internet, that uh, C.J. Stroud's scored like in the 18th percentile. Whatever this means, uh, basically taking information, making decisions quickly, so forth. Take this information for what it is. But when you see that. That disparity now all of a sudden okay that paranoia can start to set in and well maybe maybe we did we didn't see enough maybe we didn't ask the right questions in the interviews you know all this other stuff that goes on i get and again getting back to my original point somebody is going to take a lot of shrapnel here and it happens every year like you said but this year it happens to be cj stroud and uh i i feel bad for him hopefully you know this doesn't you know, blow him up. I don't think it will. I think he's, he's still going to be, you know, a top, probably a top five pick. Um, but anyway, I, I guess I just thought it was, again, this year's flavor to get crushed and CJ Stroud, you know, I apologize from our behalf to kind of get giving this things even, even more legs, but, uh, yeah, it's out there. It, it, it is out there. And uh, I guess another another quarterback that, that's been under the microscope for a long time, and it's because more so we haven't seen him play, but just more of these whispers. And, and it's not so much whispers, and I think it's probably San Francisco uh, from their end kind of letting people know that we're fielding calls about Trey Lance. Fielding calls. Meaning we're not shopping him, but there are – teams calling us 
Now, what team do you think would just out of the blue say, Let, let's call up and see if Trey Lance is available? I mean, would you have a short list, Alex? I mean, would, is this an, even a possibility for you? I'm going to say the Tennessee Titans. I think I said this last month. If just because of the connection of the current GM with the 49ers tree. And he's been in that front office. He was the one that pushed for Trey Lance. He's He was one of the people that you know, was on board with this trade. So if the Titans can't move to number three with the Arizona Cardinals, which is also a possibility, we'll talk about that a little bit later, I think that's the team that I would look at. You can't feel comfortable going into the season with Ryan Tannehill. You need to think of the future. And I've said this before. I think the Titans are a team in their mediocre. We've talked about this. I think they're in rebuilding mode. This isn't just a quick fix type of thing. I think they're missing a lot of young players. They're missing a lot of depth. They have to think about the future. And I just think trading for a young quarterback who is unproven in this league, Trey Lance hasn't proven anything. You know, the fact that you've got to field calls. I mean, you're going to give up a bundle to go up from 11 to 3. But you can give up like a day two pick and that would be enough for John Lynch to say, yeah, okay, we're, we're cutting bait. We're getting rid of Trey Lance. So I would say the Titans are going to be on top of my list. I also think like the Falcons, they have to do some due diligence as well. They're sitting at eight. They're going to miss out on all the top quarterbacks, in my opinion. So that means, do they feel comfortable with Desmond Ritter? They keep saying that, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure. You know, just you have to do diligence as well. And how about, you know, how about the Washington team? You know, the Washington Commanders. Again, they're saying, like, Sam Howell is going to be our guy, but why not? Like, Sam Howell was a day three pick for a reason. I mean, he was talked about as, like, a a first overall pick, top five pick, top ten pick going into that season. He dropped all the way to, like, the fifth round, right? So I'm saying the Washington team also has to do, you know, its homework and has to, you know, call because they're certainly going to miss out on all the top quarterbacks, they're nowhere near, uh, you know, the the top 10 mark. So I would say those teams, the Titans, the Falcons, and Washington. Yeah, and I'm sure you know, those teams probably did their work on Trey Lance, you know, when he when he was coming out. I'm sure there's a lot of other teams as well. I, I, I guess from San Francisco's point, you know, I can see, hey, you know, we gave up all this capital or whatever, and you're thinking, geez, you know, do we really want to admit a huge mistake here after? Not so much we just whiffed on the pick, but we also gave up a ton to, to do this. So I guess you have to, you know, at some point say, okay, bite the bullet. We screwed up here, and we're not getting those picks back. There's no – that that ain't happening the way he is at, at this point because he really hasn't shown anything since he came out of school. Um, but yeah, yeah, I'm sure there's other teams. I mean, the, and God, we've been talking about Lamar, but, but the Ravens have, have to be thinking about it. Minnesota, you know, if you're talking about connections, you know, uh, their GM also was in that San Francisco. And now do they, do those guys, Rand Carthen and Mensu, uh, do, do they, were they on board with the kind of switching? Because it seemed like Mac Jones was a guy until the very end when the coaches got involved and maybe Kyle Shanahan sold the rest of the crew or maybe he didn't even have to sell the rest of the crew. It was just, okay, uh, I'm Kyle Shanahan. I'm running the ship here. We're going with a more athletic guy. And it kind of blew up in their face. So, you know, do those guys still value Trey Lance or the upside of Trey Lance? If they do, obviously, then, yeah, I think your point is well taken. Those guys would be, hey, you know, we liked him too. Let's let's see if we can get him at, you know, 30 cents on the dollar, 40 cents on the dollar, whatever it's going to take, a third-round pick, a fourth-round pick to get this guy that we thought was going to be an eventual you know, franchise quarterback. And now we've got a chance here you know, at Minnesota with Kirk Cousins on his last year of his deal. we got to get somebody in behind him. So Minnesota might be one of those teams. You know, but let me ask State. you a question. Let me ask you a yeah. question. I don't know what you give up, but, yeah, go ahead. When was the last time you remember – a quarterback not working out with one team and that quarterback being a top 10 pick and then him getting traded somewhere and him having a, a stellar career. 
Yeah, I think we've hit on this before, but I think that the thing is with Lance, I don't know. It's not that he hasn't worked out. It's just that he hasn't been able to play. And that's a concern, too, is that he just hasn't been healthy enough to keep to stay on the field. And he's still kind of rehabbing. So that's that's the other part of this. And then San Francisco, you're not really sure when Purdy's going to be ready. You brought it. You brought in Sam, you know, so you got Sam Darnold as a backup. But, you know, if history says anything, they are probably going to need all three of those guys this year, quite honestly. But if they can strike if the iron actually is is hot or this is just, a, again, a big, you know, blowing smoke from San Francisco, saying, hey, hey, come and get them type thing. Uh, I don't know if you're in a good position to really trade him. But again, going back to your point, it's probably it, it probably hasn't happened. You know, like I said, I always go back, you know, back in the day it was like, like Jim Plunkett. I mean, he and I that was more like a Geno Smith thing where he was the number one overall pick to the New England Patriots the year he came out. Now, this is predates most of the audience and most everybody except me. But uh, he was the number one pick, went to the Patriots, you know, doormat of the league, got his ass kicked for I don't know how many years, just getting beat up, you know, kind of gets cast away, goes to San Francisco, nothing, same thing, really doesn't play a lot. And out of the, you know, of course, here comes Al Davis, <laughs> scoops him up, and they win a couple of Super Bowls with the guy. But, again, I'm not saying that is the same situation here because, again, Trey really hasn't gotten, you know, kind of a full season under his belt. He has I don't know that he really hasn't played much since high school, it seems like. I mean, it's going back to a full season at, at North Dakota State. I don't, I don't even know what year that was. You know, COVID, they missed. I think they only played one game that year, you know, being an FCS school. Uh, a few – how many games did he play his rookie year? Maybe a, a couple. And then he started a couple last year before he got hurt. I, can you really say that he's any – different than when he came out i don't know i mean this is an outlier but uh yeah it's going to take somebody you know with some conviction but the other thing is the price isn't going to be nearly as high and you don't have much to lose if you're only giving up like a fourth fourth round pick or a conditional fourth round pick that can turn into a third you know whatever you might get you know catch lightning in a bottle it doesn't look that way like it would end up that way but you just don't know so that's that's a complete unknown as far as I'm concerned. During my time of following the NFL, I'm going to say one quarterback comes to mind, but I'm not going to say he never turned into a star, but he turned he resurrected his career. Even though it looked like he started turning it around with his former team before, you know, he went to the new team. And it's another San Francisco 49ers quarterback that you're familiar with, Lou. It's Alex Smith. Sure. Okay. Yep. I'm the former number one overall pick from Utah was was not good during the first like three seasons, but he started turning it around during like, you know, the last two seasons with the 49ers. You could see it a little bit. And then once he left and came to the Chiefs, Andy Reid turned him into a good starting quarterback. He never turned into a star. He was more of a game manager. But, you know, he did some good things. He led the Chiefs into the playoffs. And, you know, he had success in this league. And it depends. And again, it depends on where you go. I mean, when he went to Kansas City, all due respect. I mean, you know, he it seemed like he started to blossom once Harbaugh became the coach. And I think just that whole idea of letting him, you know, use his legs a little bit more. They upgraded talent significantly from when he was the first overall pick. He goes to Kansas City and they had a pretty decent nucleus there. I mean, not a superstar team, but it was still Andy Reid. They were much better on offense and he was kind of growing into that. And if they don't, you know, they don't end up drafting Patrick Mahomes, who knows what happened? I mean, the chiefs wouldn't be nearly where they are now, but I think he may have even improved a little bit more, but you know, the horrific injury in Washington and you know, that will, you know, that, that can be for another day, but uh, yeah, that, I guess Alex Smith is the one, but is again with, with Trey Lance, it's just, again, it's, it's a complete unknown. It's a leap of faith at this, 
even greater leap of faith at this point, but it's not going to cost you as much. So maybe some of these teams would be interested. Hell, maybe the Raiders, he can sit behind Jimmy Garoppolo again and see how that goes. Um, okay. So we've got some teams here looking at quarterbacks. It's all about the quarterbacks, blah, 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 quarterbacks. Okay. So if you're sitting there, you're saying that Houston should take a quarterback at two. Let's say they don't, or the feeling is they're not. Who's going to trade up with them? Because you know, that's the whole reason you say any of this stuff is to get somebody to come up and give you some more picks. Who's going to be that team that's going to say, oh, my gosh, yeah, let's do this? I think uh, the Arizona Cardinals at number three are just going to be fielding calls. There are going to be a number of teams. No, I'm saying to, let's say at, at two, you've heard now that, okay, hey, Houston may not go for a quarterback. Who's going to try to get up to number two at this point? Because because Houston says, hey, we can probably trade down a few spots and still get one of these defensive guys that we like. I don't think Houston is going to trade back. I think nah. if they're going to stay, they're going to take Will Anderson. Because that means they believe he can be like a Vaughn Miller type of player in this league. And they would feel good about it because you have a defensive coach and D'Amico Ryans, and he needs his pass rusher. He needs a guy that can get after the quarterback. Uh, the guy who is going to, you know, wreck havoc for the next 10 years on your your defense. Like I said, let's say Houston takes a defensive player, okay, at number two and doesn't move down. I think number three becomes a hot spot. A number of teams could go up. It could be the Colts from number four to number three, just trying to secure that next quarterback, whoever it is. Whoever is their number two or maybe even number one quarterback on the board, hell yeah, they'll trade with Arizona. We've seen that before. You know, Chicago went the for Bears Trubisky. The Bears and the Niners, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they've done this before. Another team, I would say the Titans. Uh, the guy who is the current GM of the Arizona Cardinals, he worked for the Titans for the longest time. So he's got a lot of connections there. They have a lot of familiarity. We've seen this before. GMs, new GMs, they have familiarity with their old team. They're willing to do those trades, okay? They're willing to talk. So I would say the Titans at number 11 with Rand Carthen going up to number three with the Arizona Cardinals and their you know, former employee in the front office. I think the Titans. I am just very, very high on the Titans making this move, okay? Just because I think they want to score big. You know, they, they didn't hit it with Malik Willis. They didn't hit it out of the park. I think it's pretty obvious. They know this. So if the quarterback, a number two quarterback, gets past the Texans, he's sitting there at number three. I think the Titans would be that team that would be willing to do it. And I think they will have the ammunition, and they would pull the trigger on, on getting that quarterback if they don't get Trey Lance. So I would still say Tennessee and, um, and the Colts. Again, the Colts just want to secure that quarterback. Finally, get that next guy. You know, they had Peyton Manning. They had Andrew Luck. And now they've just been doing Band-Aids, you know, bringing in these veteran quarterbacks that are not working out. Ballard knows his job is on the line, okay? That's it. It's going to be on him now because he got rid of the coach. And now, you know, the GM comes next. He's got to make a bold move, finally, and get that young quarterback. Well, that's, I guess, the thing with the Tennessee scenario is, one, going from 11 to 3, obviously that's, that's going to cost them a lot. But, again, if they really love one of these quarterbacks, and in this case it would be, you would think, Stroud, Richardson, or Levis, um, first-year GM, his first draft, is I mean, to talk about making a statement on the way into the building – we're going to do this. We're going to make this bold move. We're going to give up all this draft capital, even though, you know, our team isn't that great, but we're going to get our quarterback of the future. Tannehill can start this year and then, then he's out the door. Lou, I like that. I think, is, I, Lou, oh, no, no, this, I'm not saying not to no, do it. I'm, I'm not just, making I want a commentary. To make a, I just think that would be such a cool thing as a first time GM on your first draft. Let's go. I think those first year GMs are more bold. Because they Absolutely. know they have some security, you know? They signed like a, a four- or five-year deal. They've got like a three-year window. So they're willing to be bold in the beginning. They're willing to make that trade. I've, I've seen this time and time again. Young GMs that just, they feel security, and they're like, I'm going to do this. 
You know, I believe in this, and I'm going to make this trade, especially for a quarterback, okay? I've got like four quarterbacks here, and I like this guy. You know, my number two quarterback on the board, damn right I'm going to go up and get him because I won't get him at 11. So I just think you feel more security. You feel, you know, like you've, you've got the organization behind you. And if Rabel supports you, um, you know, obviously I think it's a home run, and I think they will they would do it. The Tennessee Titans, if they believe in one of those quarterbacks. Right. And you mentioned earlier, you know, when we're talking about Lance with, with Atlanta, uh, hell, the, the Raiders, Detroit, again, that Detroit's got one of these, if you would, free picks because, you know, the trade with, uh, with the Rams for, for Stafford, because they're sitting there at 18 also have number six. This, this could be, you know, perfect position that if you think that Goff will get you to a certain point and they they really want to have that guy for the future or the guy that's going to put them over the top eventually, you know, again, this, this is, this is the time to do it because, you know, you're not always going to have, if you're this up and coming team, they're at 18, they just barely missed the playoffs last year. You got to believe they're everybody's darling, probably the odds on favorite now to win that division. We're not going to be picking in the, in the top 20, you know, for, for a while. Cause it's, you know, a nice young team, strong team, but uh, yeah. So, it, so any one of these teams could, could and that's what makes this, I, I, the NFL in general, to me is the greatest reality show going. And this is kind of like the star of the season, of the NFL, whether, you know, you can talk about the Super Bowl and the playoffs and yes, absolutely. But this is where, you know, all 32 teams are invested that the hope is there. You know, at any point of this draft, we can, you know, pick some guy that comes out of the blue that brings us to the Super Bowl. There's just so much intrigue and you don't know who's fallen where and half of these, you know, half of these first round picks probably don't work out at all. Uh, maybe not half, but yeah, it, it has happened before, but it, it's just the whole excitement of it and so forth. It just gets every fan base kind of, kind of, juiced up so you have houston and arizona obviously these are you know teams that need a lot of help obvious uh, uh i guess candidates to be trading down anybody else i mean i'm looking at the eagles at that 10th pick and i was kind of making the case last week for Bijan robinson and it's probably not the the wisest move to invest in a running back and philadelphia has never done that Howie Roseman, I mean, this would go completely out of his character to do this. But if there was any year you are going to do it again, you've got this extra pick. You're sitting there at 10. You just you're coming off a Super Bowl. You just got your extension. You've got your, you know, at least on paper, your franchise quarterback in place. What do you do here at 10? And he's shown a propensity to, you know, add picks. You know, he may trade out of that pick to get more, you know, first round picks for next year or maybe, uh, you know, a lower, obviously a lower pick this year and a first for next year that could turn into a higher pick. So that that's the intriguing one to me, too, to see what Howie Roseman does at 10. I agree. I, I think the Eagles are definitely a candidate to trade down. Just like the Arizona Cardinals at 3, I think the Eagles are the next team at 10. Roseman wants to, you know, he always likes to be active, whether it's trading up or trading down. He's never standing still. He's always working the phones. So I think that the Eagles are a very good candidate to, to make that move. And then I would say, why not the Texans at 12? Hello? Like, I don't believe that they'll trade down from two, but I think from 12, they could just the fact to, to gather some more picks and, and to go and, you know, they need to build this team. Like, this team isn't good, all right? They need to gather picks and walk away with like three or four starters in order for them to do this complete rebuild that they're doing. So if, assuming they get a quarterback at two, then I would say, why not trade down from number 12 and pick so up, you know, some let's more So let's play this out. Who would have to be falling for some team to come up and say, okay, we're going to trade up to 12 to get X? 
I mean, would it would it be a particular? Would it be one of the quarterbacks that that, that starts falling a little? Bit? Maybe like a, a Levis falls out of the top ten. Maybe one of these teams, you know, that's a little bit lower. You know, wants to come up to twelve to get him. If 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 Houston is willing to move out of that spot, Lou, I you, think you know what is there a particular player that you would say, hey, if this guy starts to fall, I could see somebody trading up to twelve. I'm not gonna say a particular player. But I'm going to say like a quarterback. I think that's a good choice. If a quarterback falls, one of these quarterbacks falls and doesn't get drafted in the top 10, we only see three guys, I think there's going to be some other team that's going to be looking at the Eagles, at the Texans, you know, to move up and, and try to get one of those quarterbacks. I just think that, you know, teams are going to get creative. We've, we've seen this before. Teams have gone up. And they've been aggressive after those quarterbacks have fallen out of the top 10 just because, you know, the price might have been steep in previous years. I'm talking about previous years. I'm also saying offensive tackle, okay? I think if you have like a certain offensive tackle that is number one on your board and you feel really good about that guy, I think you might be willing to trade up and go up and get that guy. Because whoever it is, Skaronsky or Paris Johnson or, you know, somebody else. I think that's the spot right there at 12 that the team might be trying to get up to get that premium left tackle. Because I don't buy the fact that, you know, there might be like one left offensive tackle taken in the top 10, but then you'll see like a run on these guys from possibly like 11 all the way to like 16. There might be like four of these guys that go there. And there might be some teams that are coming up to get these guys because... Taking an offensive lineman, like taking a tackle, a premium left tackle, is a good choice in the first round. So I'm going to say that. And then might be a corner that slips out and doesn't get drafted in the top 10. Maybe they're going to go, somebody's going to go up for Witherspoon, you know, or Gonzalez. So those, I would say those are positions. A quarterback that slips out of the top 10, offensive tackle, and I'm going to say cornerback. Because and and that's the other thing that you also have to weigh. Because if if one of the quarterbacks or say like a Richardson or Levis drops out of the top ten, right, and he sit and they're both available at twelve, and Houston didn't take a quarterback at two, don't you think they'd have to they'd have to use that that pick for the quarterback there? Again, it's beauty yes. in, the high, in the eye of the beholder. You have, I mean, they, they in the room, they would have to say, okay, maybe not say it, but even going into it or believe that this, this is definitely going to be an upgrade to our team. Taking one of these corners would be great. Uh, taking one of these taxes would be great. We just locked up Laramie Tunsil. You know, we, we took a corner high last year. Is this the or are we are we rolling out there with Davis Mills again and saying, well, we'll, we'll see next year. We're probably going to be in the top five picks next year. And let's see if, uh, you know, Caleb Williams or Derek May or uh, who's the guy up in. I, I don't know. I kind of like him. But the kid that that uh, he transferred from from Indiana to Washington, Penix. Does, you know, he's a kid that I'd be interested to see, you know, how he does next year. But but anyway, my point is, is that, you know, Houston, if they trade out of there and and those either of those quarterbacks is available, they're telling you something right here. And then that's that's all you need to know about how Houston's going to continue to build this team. But uh, I am I believe and I've already stated it on this show that the Texans are taking a quarterback at number two. I am not you do of the belief. You're, I, I do not believe that the So Texans this is them just trying to sell that pick. I think so. Uh, to be honest with you, I, I'm not, I don't believe that the Texans will trade that pick, number two. will trade down. And I don't believe that the Texans will take Will Anderson or another defensive player over a quarterback. All right, you have four quarterbacks in this draft. And you better, you, I hope they did their homework. And you better like well, one I'm of sure those guys did. or two they of were, those yeah. guys. I just I'm of the belief that they don't trade down that number two pick, and they are not going to take a defensive player because you're hoping to get that quarterback and finally just get that signal caller to secure yourself for the next ten to twelve years. If you want to take this franchise to to the next step, you have a defensive coach, but that doesn't mean anything. 
He knows that you need a quarterback in this league. He saw it with the 49ers. You know, you might have a great defense, but you still need a quarterback. And they found that guy with Brock Purdy. So the Texans need a quarterback, and certainly not Davis Mills. And that's why I think they take a quarterback at two, and then they trade down at number 12, from number 12, all the way down to whatever, to gain some more extra picks, to get some more players, especially on that defensive side of the ball. So just to play devil's advocate, obviously D'Amico Ryans has a history with, with, with Houston. Obviously he played there most of his career. He played, he also was in San Francisco during the build and he saw, you know, them build up this team and they were so, so, and then they make the trade for Jimmy Garoppolo and they start getting a little bit better. Not that Jimmy was great, but hell, he made them a lot better. He also saw them take a quarterback in the top three and they're still waiting for him to come around. We've talked, you know, and nauseam about trade Lance earlier. So maybe that isn't, I mean, if he has that much influence or is it Casario's call? And then there's all this talk about maybe Casario, this is his last draft with the team, which again, I'm not buying into, but again, there's whispers about that and things that are being dropped out there. And he tried to squelch that, but if we're going to go with the theory that is a defensive coach, he knows that they need a quarterback. He he's also seen. And again, if you want to call it a failure of taking a quarterback in the top three, then he might be a little gun shy and say, let's go with the defensive guy that I know I'm going to get some production out of immediately. All right. Fair enough. I mean, you made a great argument and stuff like that, but you, there's no way in hell you go, uh, <laughs> into the season with Davis Mills as your starting quarterback again. Right. And I agree with you. I would, you know, I wouldn't either, but you know, again, these guys, you know, they have, you know, they have their convictions and what, what they like. Uh, he did say what he said, but again, you can't really take any of this as gospel, but they're all trying again, you're trying to open their, maybe somebody blows them away with an offer for the number two pick. Once they said they're like, okay, we can't refuse. We'll find a quarterback somewhere else. Maybe we'll find, maybe we'll find one with our 12th pick a little bit later or hell, maybe we get such a great haul. We can trade back up. You mentioned it. If one of those guys starts to slip and we can trade up, say to Detroit spot, if, they're sticking with they're going to stick with Goff or trade up with Las Vegas. You know, hey, we've got Garoppolo, whatever, whoever the scenario works up. And maybe they, they trade back up, you know, with a premium. But and then the other you know conspiracy theory is I believe that C.J. Stroud is, is uh, represented by the same uh, team that Deshaun Watson is represented by. So. I don't know, maybe there's some bad blood there. Who knows? But anyway, uh, training up, training back again, it, it's all fluid. You know, teams, uh, you know, they probably have like a ceiling on how far they're willing to trade up because of the compensation. They probably, you know, they have certain players that, hey, if this guy starts to slip, our range say, well, again, I, I always take this back to myself and my, and, and my I don't want to say my team, but the Chiefs say that Veach says, okay, we can trade up, you know, looking at the different charts and what we'd have to give up, maybe up as high as 20 for for one of these guys. So they do all their machinations and so forth, try to work out things. And all of a sudden, now here's their guy is available at number 20, and they've got something worked out with Seattle. So, okay, let's go ahead and do this. So it's all it, it's all very fluid once you start once the thing starts going and you never know who's going to trade it. You got to have a partner, obviously, but uh, for the sake of our little exercise here, these are the teams that we believe have uh, the ability to do it, have a reason to do it, and again, it's just one of those things. It depends on what you're trying to do with your team, who's available. And if somebody starts to fall that you really liked and you had no idea they were going to fall, all of a sudden you become the candidate to try to trade up and what you're willing to give. So again, that's what makes this so, so intriguing. How about some just, uh, and just guys that are on rosters that could impact the draft with a trade, say a guy like D hop, a guy like, you know, I'm going to say it, a guy like Lamar Jackson. Uh, how about the A-Rod trade? Because we're still sitting here leading up to the draft. And 
we don't know. The Jets have 13. I don't know that that's been really part of the deal. I'm sure Green Bay would love to have number 13 in exchange for, for Rodgers. I don't know if the Jets are willing to do that. They don't have any assurances that he's going to play beyond this year. But the Jets do have back-to-back picks, for, I think 45 and 46, in the second round. So we can see some action at that point. But in terms of DeAndre Hopkins, Lamar Jacks, I mean, do you see any current players being being bargaining chips during the, the during the draft once everybody's on the clock? Well, I think we'll see a Rod being draft uh, being traded. I also think Hopkins will get traded. I mean, we usually see wide receivers switch teams. And I think once we get to like day two, before day two, that's when Hopkins is going to get traded because I think, you know, the somebody is going to be willing to give up like a second or third round pick for him. I'm not sure who it's going to be, but I'm going to throw it out there. Lou, why not the Chiefs? Like, why wouldn't the Chiefs trade for DeAndre Hopkins? Would you like to see D-Hop in a Chiefs uniform for a day two pick? Absolutely. I mean, why wouldn't you? But here, here's the thing, and what, and just looking at the way they've kind of built things o- over the years, and seeing kind of what, what the organization is kind of their their theory here, they're not going to overpay for a receiver, even as good as D Hop is, they're not going to do it. I'm sure they were they were in on OBJ, and I'm sure they 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 probably made offers, but they were never going to pay what. The Ravens paid. And right now, and again, it's it's very affordable based on what the market is as far as D Hop. I think he's got like thirty-four million over the next two years. So if you trade for him, they're they would they would need to see a restructure. Right? I mean, they're not they're just not gonna pay that money. And he really shouldn't take a pay cut. So unless he got released by Arizona, if they go through the draft and nobody's willing to give anything up and take on his contract, you know, then, you know, you might see the Chiefs get involved. But I don't, you know, they wouldn't, they they barely paid Juju last year. Uh, whatever New England offered them, they were never going to go to that number. And I'm not putting Juju in the same class as D-Hop. I mean, D-Hop at his best is, you know, a top five receiver in the league. And to answer the initial question, yes, absolutely. It would be awesome. But just the way they're building their team, I don't think that that fits a veteran receiver, early 30s, even close to 30, big number. It's just not it's just not in their makeup to do that. I I'm firmly convinced it's, it just isn't. They'd love to have him, you know, but it's just not going to fit at his current number. I think they could surprise. I mean, in terms of they got rid of Tyreek Hill, and I just think pairing up Hopkins. With well, that Kelsey. was going the other way, and that and I think that's what kind of that's where it starts is that they got a huge haul for for Tyreek, and it was they couldn't come to an agreement on the number. And I think once they saw that market go crazy up to, and you know, I think his number again. I don't know how. You don't know the the actual numbers, but somewhere between twenty five and thirty million dollars a year, they just weren't going that far. But they were getting pretty close to that with Tyreek, and he just once those other deals came out and those other receivers were were getting paid. And I think uh, uh, Devontae Adams' deal, uh, you know, I think that was the big one because it was happening right around the same time, and it was like, okay. This just isn't going to work. Let's get as much as we can. And that's the route that they went. And they won a Super Bowl with a bunch of guys that aren't really number one receivers. <laughs> and you know, quite honestly, their number one receiver is their tight end, Travis Kelsey. So yeah, it's time for Sky Moore to step up. It's time for uh, Kadarius Tony to be healthy and, and play some. Uh, so. Too many ifs, slow. Too oh, many absolutely. ifs. But too many but again, that's the point. The way they're structured, it's just that's not where their money is going. They they've got to they got to re up uh, Chris Jones, and you know Simmons got paid. So I think obviously Chris Jones is the next is the next one. So after this draft, you probably see an extension coming for him. Um, and I'm sure after Burrow and Herbert get done, 
you might see a you know a restructuring and maybe adding more money to Mahomes' contract because it was so team friendly co- going into it. So there's a lot a lot of moving parts there. But just the player, yeah, you'd love to have the player, but just at that that number, it's just not going to fit in their kind of team philosophy and their just the way they're building it out. All right, fair enough. But you've got other, I mean, plenty of other teams. I mean, Buffalo, I think, is the first one that comes to mind that I think they would do it. They'll figure out a way to pay him because uh, Gabe Davis, it seemed like, I mean, he was on such a trajectory after that huge game he had against the Chiefs in the the playoffs. And, oh, gee, he's just going to have this great year. And, again, he's kind of erratic. It's hit and miss. So they really don't have a number two receiver. And Diggs, I don't know what's going on with him, but it's like, I don't know what it is. I mean, the last last thing you remember seeing was he and, and Josh Allen kind of getting into it on the sideline in that championship game. And it's been happening throughout the playoffs. Not that they're going to get rid of him or he's out of there, but it's just it, it's not as rosy as it as you would like it to be as if you're a Buffalo Bills fan. But I would I could certainly see Buffalo taking a swing on that. All right. All right. Again, I'm more of a believer with the Chiefs, but I heard your point and your counter that, you know, that's not how they build their team. But I do think with the with the extra draft picks, you know, with some ability, they want to improve their team, their passing attack. They got by with it this year. I don't think they can do it again next season without those guys, without those guys taking, you know, a step step forward. But I'm not sure they can. It's too much of a risk for Kadarius Tony, who can't stay healthy. You know, Sky Moore. I mean, I don't know. He's got to have a major leap there. I'm not sure. Well, I, I mean, I really liked him coming out. That was one of my favorite picks that they made. And, you know, historically, I mean, Reed's offense, it's never, I mean, that first year wide receiver is always kind of a, kind of, t- kind of a tough deal. But this is just now will be his second offseason, uh, first really one where he he's like kind of indoctrinated into the team he started coming on a little bit in the playoffs had some some other games where guys were injured where it seemed like he was against the chart against the chargers he had a really good game and i think it's just really a matter of them kind of figuring out where he's best located whether it's you know on the outside on the inside and they do move these guys all over the field that's the other part of, of this offense is that they don't have a, a strict X, a Z, a Y. I mean, these guys are lined up all the different positions and you got to know them all. And, and, and a lot of it is intuitive. You got to be on the same page as the quarterback and read. And so I think that just takes some time. So I, I'm, I'm not selling sky more at this point at all. I mean, I, I'd be buying at this point. I think he's going to have a, he's going to have a pretty strong year. Is he going to be like a top receiver in the league? No, but he'll be good enough for them and be enough of a threat to other teams and other defenses that it won't just be, okay, Hey, we shut down Kelsey. This thing's over with. No, I, I don't, I don't believe that at all. And these other guys, yeah, we'll just have to see if they step up. You know, Justin Ross was a, a huge, huge recruit at Clemson was supposed to be this great player. And he was until he got hurt. Now he's supposedly healthy. He's working out with the guys down down at TCU with with everybody else. Uh, Mahomes attracts a crowd. Trey Lance w- was working down there. Uh, Quentin Johnston went and worked out with everybody. Zay Flowers went in and worked out with the guys as well as the other guys on the Chiefs and Travis Kelsey and and the running backs and KT and MVS and all the guys. So I, I I'm not too worried about the wide receiver position. I'm not saying that they're not going to try to address it, but I don't think they're going to address it with a big contract that just not happening. How did this, how does this show always turn into a chief's show? I don't get it. That's, that's just the world we're living in, Alex. It's just a, a sheer coincidence that I'm a chiefs fan there. That's just the team, the team, the standard right now is where, where you want to be, right? That's where everybody wants to play. Uh, what about Lamar? Do you think there's any chance that there's a Lamar trade during the draft? I have no clue. I mean, before I said, like a couple of weeks ago, I said, I'm expecting a trade before the draft. I have no idea where they stand, what's going to happen. I, I, could, honestly, you, I wish... could you imagine the scene if all of a sudden you know, that just comes across? Like all of a sudden, 
you know, you're looking at this particular pick and all of a sudden this team is now on the clock. You know, Baltimore is now on the clock at number four. <laughs> then the details start to come out. They, they, you know, they, they, signed, they, they signed him to a contract. He got traded to, to Indianapolis. I think that would, that would be pretty, pretty amazing. I mean, short of the Chiefs making some huge swing, trading up, you know, like into the teens or the, you know, whatever, the, the top 10, that crowd would just, it would just be like a riot. That would be awesome. Yeah. I mean, to see star players get traded during the draft, I mean, that always brings out a huge discussion among the analysts and, you know, they start speculating. Yeah, it would be awesome. I mean, it would just make the draft a lot more watchable, a lot more entertaining. Well, uh, Snoop Huntley did sign his restricted free agent uh, sheet or whatever you want to call it, contract. And uh, he's working out with those, re- I guess, going to start working out with those receivers in the offseason here and bring him down to wherever he works out and start throwing with his guys. I don't know if OBJ shows up, but, uh, uh, you know, you, you have to start to connect the dots. So I don't know if they're willing to go with Huntley, although they, they did almost win a playoff game with, with Huntley. I don't think that's really where they want to be. But, uh, yeah, let, let's see what happens. Who would it, who do you think – would it be Richardson then? Do you think if they traded up to four, Richardson would be their guy? You would think. Yeah, you would think that that would be the guy that they would target. That's the guy that they would go after. Um, I would say that that makes a lot of sense. All right, last thing before we get out of here. Uh, and this just just came across earlier today on Thursday. Um, more guys, yeah, gambling, uh, NFL players, suspensions, uh, mostly in Detroit. I guess these guys were whether it be on apps or whatever, were were betting on games. Um, Jamison Williams is the biggest name. He's six games. Uh, another receiver, Stanley Berryhill. I don't know who that is, but anyway, that he's also six game suspension. Uh, Quintez Cephas and CJ Moore, they got suspended indefinitely, basically equating, uh, what, uh, what Ridley got, uh, with Atlanta, now Jacksonville, and he's now back in league. So that's at least a year suspension for those two guys. They were immediately released by Detroit once this happened. So I guess it's who you are, but evidently, and again, as information comes out, you don't know what's true, whatever, but maybe Jamison Williams was betting on college games. These guys were betting on pro games. It was from the facility. I mean, just it's just a lot of wrong here. So if there's any anything dark that's with all this sunshine and roses with, with Detroit. Now all of a sudden you've got this gray cloud. And then also there was a uh, defensive end from the commander, Shaka Tony indefinite suspension. But uh, with all the, I guess, legalized gambling and the money that the NFL is bringing in from these companies and their betting partners, do you think this is going to continue? I mean, you'd think these guys would have learned the lesson once Ridley got hit with this. Uh, evidently, they the players can bet on other leagues, but they just can't do it from the, the team facility. facility, right? So, what are we doing? I mean, it's just it's just amazing. I mean, now they've had gambling for years in Europe. I mean, the EPL player. I'm but I'm sure they're told. I mean, you cannot bet on this league. You can't. I mean, we, we won't tolerate that. And the league makes a ton of money off of this, but I don't think you can make the leap to say, well, the league takes all this money. Why can't we bet? It's, I think it's two completely different things. And, uh, but it, it, it just came to me. It, it's kind of shocking that these guys in this day and age with all the information out there, all the warnings, everything, you know, I'm sure it's posted all over locker rooms, all over the league that, you know, no gambling, and and here we are, guys getting suspended. It just struck me as just come on, let's 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 be better. Lou, you're a gambling man. Yes, you know I how am. it is. So, I don't I mean, play in the NFL. <laughs> I don't buy the fact guys have gambled. They gamble. They will gamble. I'm not buying this at all. I mean, some guys get caught. Some guys are smarter. They do it through their brothers, through their wives. I just. You know, I, I don't buy the... This is a huge, huge money league. I understand guys are making a lot of money, but they want to make more money. 
They know some inside information. They're putting money on, but, on these but football I'm games. But my They're putting money on this. their games. They can't, I don't I don't believe that for a second. Come there on, may, there Lou. might be there might be a few, but it again as far as 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 much security as the league as the league has, and as much scrutiny as as everything, and even in the team facilities, everything is everything is regulated. I'm sure there's websites that you know if you work for a particular company, you're not able to access because of whatever reason the company has to put s- controls on the ability to do human that, beings, right? Though. Yes, are they are, beings. and there are and there They're are rules. Weak. They're weak human beings. They break the rules all the time. They drink. They do drugs. Well, I don't. Why think can't drinking, they gamble? I don't think. I don't think drinking is against the rules. No, they I can, know, but I'm just. They saying. can gamble. They're just and just like me. If I work for for a large company or or I live, you know, or, or I live in a place where you know we don't want you going to certain websites. That's kind of it's a filter. It's, you're just not able to do it. So that's the controls, and that's for that reason they know that people are weak. That, that they will succumb but the point is again the rules are in place i think you're making enough money but the point is you can gamble on other stuff just don't bet on the nfl and if you are going to do it wow you 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 must really have some sort of sickness go bet on something else there's plenty there's ufc fights there's there's nba there's baseball games there's other things that you can bet on why bet on the nfl because I don't have inside information on boxing games or, or boxing matches or UFC or baseball games, but well, I that have inside takes information the, on football that takes games. The, that takes the fun out of it, though. If you know, if you knew the fix was in, then, then, then there's, what's the where's the challenge, Alex? These guys are competitors. They want to know that there's there's some action. There's there's some. These guys want to make money. Why do you gamble? <laughs> All right, most of the guys lose, but why do you gamble? You want to make money. You want to make more money. Even if you're a millionaire, you want to make more. You're willing to bet. These guys are doing it. They're com- they'll continue doing this. Well, these particular guys did, and they got caught. So Jameson Williams, who, gosh, I'm sure they were counting on him to to play a lot more this year because he came off the ACL, looked like he was starting to make some plays as he got you know limited opportunities at the end of last season. And now, again, this kind of derails him. So hopefully, you know. These guys all kind of learned their lesson. Hey, these are the rules. Whatever Alex seems to think is okay, but my company says I'm not allowed to do this, so I'm not going to do it. And I'll just try to make more money playing football versus, you know, putting down whatever. What was it, Calvin Ridley? I think it was like $1,500 was the, the total amount. And most of these guys probably don't bet a ton. It's just having a little action while you're while you're sitting at home, I guess. So anyway. Yes, more gambling as we as we get through the league. We uh, heading steamrolling to the draft. It's Thursday night, Alex. Come on, do you have any? Do you have one guy that we should look for in the first round that may we may not have discussed so far? Who's our sleeper? Well, that's a good question. I'm not sure. Like, who is considered a sleeper right now? I don't know. I mean, I think Zay Flowers goes in the first round, but. It maybe even gets he maybe he's even the first receiver drafted in the first round. How about this? I don't I think, think that's Zay much Fla- of a sleeper, Alex. I All think right, that's he, not a sleeper. Yeah, he but Jay, Zay Flowers, Jackson Smith, and Jigba. I think it's between those two. Probably is the first receiver off the board, right? Yeah, I'm gonna say Zay Flowers is the first receiver off the board, even though I like the Ohio State wide receiver more. But I think he is the one that gets drafted. But he's not, yeah, he's not a sleeper in terms of kind of sneaking in there into the first round. I'll get back to you on that. We'll do a show before the draft <laughs> next week, and then we'll talk right. about it. I'll give you two guys, not necessarily first round picks, but I'm going to go with kind of a kind of a trend pick and like the, a, a bigger receiver from Mississippi seems to be a good place to be is Jonathan Mingo. I don't know that he goes in the first round. I don't know that he goes in the second round, but I think he's he's going to be a player. And I talked about him last week is I just in, in my gut, I just have a feeling that uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson is going to be a good pro player and you could get a really good quarterback in maybe the fourth round, fifth round. I, I I don't know. I just have a feeling about DTR. I like him. I always am suspicious about players that have, 
you know, a, a double names. last. The yeah, they names. have like a long last name. Okay, <laughs> I am always suspicious about those. Too guys, much, too much space. Too many letters on their back. Especially quarterbacks. You want to see a quarterback with a five-letter name. I mean, that usually works. But uh, as far as having a double last name, I don't know. Those guys haven't worked out in the past. So I, It's a new I, day, Alex. I put All an right, X. Let's just, let's just call him DTR. Yes, and Jonathan Mingo. Big, big dude. Big X receiver. You know, we saw it with, uh, with Metcalf. We saw it with A.J. Brown. So, hey, maybe Mingo's the third guy. All right, gang. Enjoy the draft. Hopefully we come to you with something before next week. Uh, if not, again, enjoy it. It's a lot of fun. Till next time. Peace.